Peace, peace. Welcome back to the Water Podcast. My name is Daniel. Uh, we're going to get into a topic today that is a continuously hot topic. And I'm going to get into it with somebody that I think that will make a great guest to talk about this topic with. I have a, a super special guest with me. I have the apple of my eye, <laughs> the woman that when the creator made her, he was like, you know what? I feel like she'd be good for Daniel. That Daniel guy I made a few years before. Um, but I have my girlfriend, Gia, with me. How you feeling, Gia? <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> I, I doubt my guess. So, you know, feel me? What's up? What's good? I'm chilling. How you feeling? <laughs> Excellent introduction. Absolutely. I'm just speaking facts, you know. Yeah. I feel the same way, babe. So I appreciate it. I appreciate you. <laughs> So we off the Añejo sidecar, that's what you have, and I'm off the Whiskey Sour. Yes. So we're feeling pretty good. I had, that's your second one. This is my second one, yes. And this is my technically third one, but the wine, you know what I mean? The Bernardo was fine, but it's not what I'm messing with now, so. Okay. But no, this is going to be fun. This is going to be, be fun. very fun. I'm excited, y'all. He's <laughs> finally got me on the podcast. First of all. Been waiting for this. First of all. <laughs> You wanted a specific episode number, and I always try to cater to my guests, first of all. True, true. I'm just so, happy to be here. You know, I'm a fan of the podcast. You know, you have so many good guests, and yeah, I'm just excited to be a part of it. And you're one of them. You're one of my good guests now. So uh, we're going to talk about relationships, and, you know, we don't have it all figured out, you feel me, but I think that we have learned a lot from our experiences before each other and we learned a lot from our experiences with each other we've been doing this for almost eight months now yes almost eight months so uh so yeah i think it'll be cool millennial time that is what like two years that's then the <laughs> common law marriage right yeah, marriage. <laughs> we out here y'all out here um so outside of me what's been your longest relationship Wow. Okay. So outside of you, I think my longest relationship was six years. Okay. It was not the most healthy relationship by any means. Um, a lot of back and forth, but that was my first um, long-term relationship for sure. Okay. Do you think there's like a, what type of data do you think you are? Do you think there's like a trend with your, in terms of like length of time or in terms of like partners that you attract or are attracted to? As far as length of time, I would say I'm, I'm probably trending in the area of like a year and a half, two years. Okay. <laughs> but um, that was before I learned some pretty vital lessons. Okay. So I don't, I don't anticipate that being the same length going forward. No, that's fair. Yeah, I, so for me, my longest has been eight years total. And I am like, I guess you could call me a serial monogamous. Is that what it would be? Because like, yes. because like in high school, I was, I had one girlfriend, but I was otherwise too shy to really approach anybody. And so it was just, I was just approached and I happened to like the one that approached me. And so, you know, that's how it played out. And same for college. And so I had one girlfriend in high school, one girlfriend in college, 
And after that, I had I dated just to kind of figure it out after after that. But yeah, that's kind of just what it's been. And so my experiences outside of like relationships and in relationships, of course, have helped me to figure out more of what I like and, and don't like. So now we're in a time where there's so many different outlets, you know, because, you know, going back to high school and going back to college, there was in high school, you know, for me, it was basically who you saw out or who was at your high school. You know what I mean? And I didn't go out. And so it was pretty much who I saw my high school. And then in college, you know, Facebook was around, MySpace was around, but you weren't really making connections. Facebook was kind of helpful making connections like on campus, but it wasn't like if I met somebody in my space that lived in like Miami, I was going to fly down there in college. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but now we're in a time where you have a lot of different ways to meet people locally and out of the area. Mm-hmm. So out of those, uh, which have you tried? It's so funny that you mentioned that because I'm I'm thinking back thinking back to the Black Planet days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you remember that? I do, I do. <laughs> but I remember being in you know, a freshman in high school, and my friend was like heavy on Black Planet, and she was always the like romantic love love type girl. So she was on there. And she was like, "You gotta sign up. You gotta go do Black Planet." And I remember being in freshman, just in, in high school, in freshman. Excuse me, a freshman in high school. And trying it out and I connected with somebody fairly quickly um but upon the first conversation I kind of knew that that wasn't who that person was Mm -hmm. and um yeah I just decided that that wasn't the outlet for me and I kind of just decided to meet people through work or through friendships and through college. You know, I really didn't start to like use social media to date other people until I got into my like mid twenties when when Twitter came about, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're on Twitter all the time and people DM each other. And that's when I kind of started to use like social media as a platform to meet people. Um, But yeah, that's how it was for me. (laughs) I just want to take this time to say about myself in terms of online dating as a concept, I was with them niggas shooting in the gym. Okay. <laughs> I was in, I was on fucking AOL. I think it was 5.0 at the time. Dial up, you feel me? I was in a PlayStation chat making connections with people that I was never gonna see. And then I was going to school and I was defending myself. Oh, you get a pussy. I got a girlfriend. Where she at? Ohio. Okay. <laughs> she in the PlayStation chat. <laughs> You know what? I never like. I don't know if it was just like a complex or anything, but I never wanted to be that person. So I just like I'm not using social media. Like I'm gonna meet my people out, and I did. Like I, I dated a lot of people in college, but shit turned around. Like you know, you get older, and, yeah. and social media is the thing now. So now I was like, yeah, I met this dude off off Twitter. You know, it's not mm-hmm. anything, but that's hilarious. Because you know, because you you had those as dudes, you kind of had those conversations, but I wasn't meeting, like, I didn't have really, it wasn't like an option for me. Like, I didn't make a decision, like, I'm going to meet people at this place. It was like, I was literally, literally too afraid. And so what I attracted was what I attracted and where I attracted it. So it was literally like people online and these chat rooms. And I was also, you know, like a big, like, game nerd back then, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And so... You know, with that, 
you know, guys had those conversations in like locker rooms and stuff in high school, like you, you know, whatever. So that's my only defense. Like I couldn't, like I couldn't just be like, no, you right or nothing like that. So I was that's like, that's so funny because I can't say I wasn't the same. Like I was, I was pretty reserved and shy growing up. Yeah. But I met my first boyfriend at fifteen at work. I used to work at American Adventures. And we met at that time and our relationship just began. So I really never had to resort to, to social media to do all that things. But who knows? Like if I wasn't dating him, I probably would have done the same thing, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny because, you know, back then it was it was not acceptable. Mm-mm, and then it all. became like somewhat acceptable, but low-key, it had to be a thing where you had to have a convo like, what do we tell him? When, when in actuality, you met on like Twitter or something like that. Like, or a dating app and it's like what do, what do we tell them and now i just like yeah we've been on twitter right what it's nothing we've been on hinge all the time like yeah i met daniel on twitter yeah but i just want the record to reflect <laughs> you know what i mean because the pioneers don't always get the love it'd be the people after that that benefit from that so i was a pioneer and a beneficiary right. now you pioneer. feel me thank you thank you for making this shit cool and normal <laughs> this shit is so normal now i feel like everybody meets in some form or fashion oh that's definitely. you know a dating app or twitter or whatever else facebook i just you know it's normal it's 2021 that's what we do everything on yeah yeah where have you found the most success though um i would say i found the most success on twitter and that's really just out of a sheer numbers game because i'm always on twitter you know i meet mm-hmm. most of my people friendships too I've, I've built on twitter so i would say um the most success is definitely on twitter yeah, as an adult, I have made the deepest connections dating-wise on Twitter. And I've thought about that. And because I've tried, like, I, I think I mentioned in the my episode with Christine, but I tried, I was forced to try Tinder. <laughs> yeah, I and then that. I tried, I went from Tinder to Hinge. And then, so I tried Hinge for a little bit. And with dating apps... Like, I kind of look at now there's more stuff is more widely available. But it's kind of, you know, people say, where do you find this person? And then, you know, you tell them and then they try to do the same thing and they can't replicate that because they're not that type of person. You know what I mean? So people that can't like I found Hinge because somebody else I knew somebody else that found success on Hinge. But I feel like dating apps are more so for people that would otherwise meet people out anyway hmm. and instagram too to an extent twitter to me is more so like a like i would make my connections again i didn't really approach women for the longest time but i when i did i would make connections from like a friend of a friend or just like organic interaction mm-hmm. from whatever and i feel like with twitter you kind of get a bird's eye view of this person before you get to meet them. Oh, absolutely. And so, cause I'm, I'm just not a cold contact person. You know what I mean? And so for me, I think that, you know, you get an idea of, to some extent, like obviously people put on personas, but then when you're on Twitter at the same time, you can kind of see through that too. You know what I mean? Like there, there's certain things you could pick up on and you're like, this nigga not really, I don't, I don't know if I bought it. This nigga is really doing what, he say he doing or doing what they say right. they're doing. And you can or... easily find variances on Twitter too. You right. know, if, you, if you're gonna take it to my level, sometimes I actually Twitter search the person, you know, and put in certain keywords yeah. and figure out, you know, 
what you know what their view is on a certain subject. It's it's very easy to, to figure out if somebody's faking the phone. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. I would also say that online dating is the best place to kind of assess your market. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't say like value because that's unfair and I don't really do that whole like I'm a person of value, I'm a high value, like fuck that. But <laughs> you can get a better sense of what you attract. I mean, if you're already shooting shots in person, that's one thing. But, you know, I didn't know that I could attract even somebody like you until like without the internet. Like I, I probably never would have known mm-hmm. to be real with you. No, that's real. I feel like a lot of people wouldn't have access to what they have now if it weren't for the internet. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but, you know, I'm just going to say it's a positive, you know, um, like you said, some people aren't, aren't cool with the cold contact. I know for me personally, it never felt genuine, never felt organic. Um, I'm a person like the type of person that likes to, um, you know, interact with somebody on a more platonic level, like no pressure, just, you know, interact with, interacting with them day to day and then kind of figuring out, oh, I kind of like this person, but like that cold contact and hey, like I'm telling you my intentions and this, that, and the third, it always felt inorganic to me. Mm. So, but you know, I agree with that. I think that another thing that something like a Twitter has going for it is that online dating is the gift and the curse. The gift is that you get more options and you get exposed to people you would otherwise be exposed to. Mm. The curse is that because you're exposed to more people, everybody's expendable let's talk about that please like that's one thing that i have talked about with so many different people how there are so many options at your fingertips which is great you know you can date around but i feel like it gives people the opportunity to dead situations way quicker than it needs to be and i feel like people are always like searching for that next best thing and it's like you're never going to find it we all have issues we all have baggage we all have something going on but if you can find somebody you're compatible compatible with why are you so quick to like end that and try to find something, I guess, I don't know, greater. It's just, it's weird. It's to me, it's more of a curse than it is, you know, a positive in my, in my personal opinion. I I do agree, but I would broaden it to say like, it is what people make it to be. Mm-hmm. And so like, whoever you were going to be, that is either going to be a gift based on who you are, or it's going to be a curse mm-hmm. because like the fact of the matter is, like, I, I think people just have, like, shiny object syndrome mm. with things like careers, with diet, fads, and with relationships, you know? They see one thing and they like it, and then they, I, they might see something else that's either more appealing, or they might see the one thing they don't like, and instead of, you know, if they don't see, like, the results that they want, like, right away, then it's like, okay, you know what I mean? But... It's also kind of like, well, what, what did you assess about that? Like, did you, what did you get from that that maybe you can learn for the next situation? Mm-hmm. And I don't see, I mean, I'm not like, I can't really like judge, judge, but it, from observation, I don't see a whole lot of lessons being learned. I see a lot of habits being repeated. That's real. I'm, I'm very glad that you brought that up. And like you said, I think we talked about this before, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So if you are this person that has this this shiny object syndrome, you're going to continuously go through these patterns and these people and you're going to, you know, just maneuver through the dating world and never really learn anything. And before you know it, you know, you're 45 single. I mean, if that's what you want, that's great. But if you're looking for a relationship, you know, 
all these options and these dating, you know, the, your dating patterns are, is not going to help you at all. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I agree with that 100%. Like you said, how you do one thing is how you do anything. And that's a model that I live by because it can be most of the things that I pick up on from people. Like, I'll give you an example. So when we started dating and, you know, we got to a point where I knew that like, okay, this is, I can comfortably tell people about you. Mm-hmm. And if this applies to you, please don't take it personal, but <laughs> it's just observation. But it just makes me wonder because when I mentioned that I have a girlfriend, they're like, uh, especially like some like guy friends, they're like, oh, is she pretty? Or mm-hmm. she better be bad and shit like that. And it's like, well, what is it that you value in a relationship? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's cool, but it's like, is she nice? Does she treat you right? Mm-hmm. Because you're going to find a lot of, like, bad women or a lot of, like, fine men. But it's, you know, like, if you latch on to these, like, tangible, really shallow qualities, then how is it really benefiting you in the grand scheme of things? Absolutely. Let me tell you, that's one of the reasons why... I um, truly fell in love with you because you value the right things. I feel like we're always on the, on the same page when it comes to compatibility and what we value. Like, of course, you, you you want an attractive partner. That's what you should go for. I agree. But there's so much more than that. Like, it, it, it's weird to me, too, when people are always asking, like, well, how does he look? It's like, damn, like, are you concerned if he treats me right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, does he make me feel good? Am I happy with him? Like, those are the things that matter. And... I don't know. It's unfortunate that people put the most shallow things at the top of the list. And I feel like that's a big indicator of why people are always going, you know, are always serial dating or trying to find something new. It's like, you have to figure out what your values are. I'm thankful that you are very attractive to me and, you know, I get the best of both worlds. But for me, the most important thing is what's your character? Who are you? You know what I mean? Like, how do you treat me? How do you treat the people around you? Not just me, but the people in your life. That's what matters most to me. So, you know, people ask me questions like that. I'm always like, that's kind of weird, but okay. You know, (laughs) you know, what if my man, you know, lost a leg or something like that's my man. You know what I mean? That's crazy to to ask somebody that, but yeah, I don't know. People, people value different things. And I'm, I'm very happy that you and I value the same thing. I definitely agree that I got the best of both worlds with you. You know what I mean? But going back to online dating be the gift and the curse, I would say it was a gift for me in a sense that I went through that. And there was some things that I kind of had to, you know, me being like sheltered and shy and not really having an idea what I could attract me going through these dating apps and like, matching with what would conventionally be considered as like bad women Mm -hmm. and going out on dates with enough of them and frankly like either being bored as fuck or (laughs) maybe not even bored but just like all right this person doesn't align with me or just you know like whatever the other habits would be whether it be like ghosting or like terrible communication or whatever like that so like bad and like who's compatible like is not linear (laughs) by like any means (laughs) but I'm thankful that I went through that because I had to figure out like why do I just keep matching with people and like why do I instantly just like go like 
build my way in terms of conversation, like build it up to this date where I can say I'm going out on a date. Mm-hmm. And it was I realized that like I don't even like this person like that. I just want to be able to say I'm going out on a date with them because they they fine. I'm, I'm glad you admitted that because I feel like a lot of people are the same way. And it got repetitive and it was like, why do I keep doing this to myself? But I, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it taught me that if I were to have like some kind of list, some kind of checkoff list, mm-hmm. like it shouldn't be on that. You know what I mean? I agree. Cause I feel like, you know, you kind of know about my past situation with the last person I dated. Right. And I met that person on social media and, you know, I feel like for, the average person for them dating that type of person, they probably wouldn't have let that situation go because of who they were, you know what I mean? But for me, it's, it took me like, again, I feel like I, I align with you in the same sense where it took me dating these super successful men, not saying that you aren't, but these super successful men with these names or whatever to see like, none of that shit matters at all. Like in any sense of the word. And the last person I dated really showed me like, yo, None of that matters. Like, I want a guy that truly aligns with my values and I feel uplifted when I'm around them. I feel happy. I feel at peace, at ease, and we communicate well. Like, it really did take me, you know, dating these quote unquote fine men, successful men with money to, to, to really be like, mm, mm-hmm. this, this, this ain't it. <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely agree with you um, on that journey. So we've talked about this a little bit, but in case you have anything else to add, feel free. Or if you don't have anything, then that's fine, too. But uh, what has been some of the biggest lessons that you learned from dating in general, like whether it's from experience or observation? <laughs> um, I have learned so much. Um, I think for me personally, one of the biggest lessons that I had to learn was Understanding my own unavailability at the time, I used to attract a lot of, again, successful, fine, emotionally unavailable men. And I used to be like, I'm so emotionally available. Like, I don't deserve this. I, you know, I should be dating more people that are open. Da, 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 da. But the whole time I didn't realize, like, I too was emotionally unavailable because I was allowing myself to deal with whatever was going on in that relationship. You know what I mean? And I I truly feel like if you are emotionally available, you're going to do whatever it takes to align yourself with that. You know what I mean? You're, I don't, people, I feel like people get caught up in the feelings. People get caught up in, oh, we have this connection and the sex is great and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, None of that matters because you were going on an emotional roller coaster with this person. What is it that you want? Like, I had to really sit down and think, like, what is it that you want? I know I want to be in a committed relationship. Um, I know I want to have a healthy relationship. And I had to sit back and think, like, if you want these things, you're going to align yourself with that. And you're going to make choices. And you're going to be intentional about them and make choices to, to, to have that. So once I actually sat down and realized my own emotional unavailability, I was able to choose better partners. Um, even with you, like, I feel like you are so secure in who you are. Um, and I feel like you are a secure dater and it. I had to intentionally choose that. Like, it wasn't hard. Like, I, I was always, you know, attracted and wanted to be with you, but it just made it easy to choose that. Like, it's, it's no brainer. Like, I feel like we, you know, connect with each other and 
you're healthy. And I just had to, to go back to the drawing board and figure out what I wanted and make sure that I aligned with that. And I feel like a lot of people are probably dealing with the same thing, you know, but that's probably my biggest lesson too. And, and also learning about compatibility in, in terms of um, attachment style. That's been a big one. Again, like I grew up an anxious attachment, attached person. Um, and it took me years to figure that out that I was anxiously attached and that being with somebody that was avoidant wasn't the best for me. And again, emotionally available people are avoidant. Um, so once I started to choose secure attached people is when I had success in, success in relationships. And yeah. I forget exactly what you said to make me kind of this thought, but you said something about like deciding what you want. I don't remember exactly what you said, but it ties into one of the biggest things that I learned. Like, I'm not going to speak for the people, but for myself, I feel like I wanted to be in a relationship and ultimately married, but I didn't like map that out. Like I didn't map out what it would look like. I wanted these things, but it was like, do I really want to put in the work? Because I've been in one where I got what I wanted. I got exactly what I wanted, but I didn't put in as much work as I should have to keep it. And so I had to ask myself, like in some situations, what is it that I actually want this to look like? Or am I ready right now? And so one of the things that, shout out Bees if you're listening to this, but you know, Bees talks about like reverse engineering in terms of like careers, but I feel like I didn't like reverse engineer what I wanted a relationship to look like. Mm. Like what I want to look like, what will, at least I have an idea of what it will look like day to day leading up to it, because what really what it is day to day. And I say this because like, I see, we, we share it back and forth, but like you see people on Twitter, like, oh, I hate good morning texts. <laughs> right. Oh, fuck good morning texts. And like, you know what I mean? And it's like, that's part of fucking being in a relationship. You know, like, yeah. that's if you want to be in a long term relationship, like, to look at it as mundane is like, okay, one thing. But, like, one, like, you're the first thing I thought of when I woke up this morning. So I'm going to tell you good morning. Two is, like, niggas out here dying. Like, you don't know if you're going to be able to tell that person good morning the next day. And so, but, you know, all that to say, like, I had to think about what I wanted my relationship to look like. And like, you think about physical attributes, like I want to lose this weight. This is what I want to look like. So this is the plan that I'm going to stick to. And it's so easy to do it in other things where you can like map out a workout or map out your macros or map out what search you got to get or map out what degree you got to get and how, how to network. But the internal work, whereas like, your own image of yourself you kind of have to tear that down and rebuild it it's the hardest i will say it's the hardest thing to do oh absolutely but without having done that i i a wouldn't have known what i wanted a relationship to look like but b i would have had so many blind spots in terms of what it would take to get there Mm. so definitely that would be one thing another thing for me is you know, I've said it in several episodes before this, but I'm just a big people pleaser mm-hmm. by nature. And so in instances where I thought everything was going right and then like stuff didn't pan out, it was like, well, what did I do? Oh, if I just would have like 
said this one thing or if I just would have like sent this pick quicker or, or something like that like the yeah. smallest thing like working so hard to assign blame to myself like I had to stop internalizing myself and the book uh the untethered soul really helped me to understand that like yes I am a work in progress but I'm good the way I am mm. and so like I got I had to get to a point where like I just had to step back from a situation and realize that even though this person checked out so many boxes and we had like a natural connection that it wasn't going to be right and whatever the situation was showed me that mm. do you want to elaborate on that some more what you mean just like I don't know like what what else did you learn about people pleasing in general like just from that situation what I'm referring to is the point of time like post my divorce and pre you where I'm like a 30 year old that didn't date any all of my 20s and they're trying to figure out stuff and so you know like it also goes back to assigning so much worth and value to people who like are either beautiful or like have followers or something like that and so if some for me it was easy where I say why time people pleasing I would say that if something were to go wrong I didn't have the confidence to believe that I was aesthetically like I was beautiful enough. And so I would assign fault to me or that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or that I didn't have these credentials. Mm-hmm. I wasn't as successful as this person. Mm-hmm. And so I was the reason that it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. So when I say people, that, that was it for me. Like it wasn't like I was kind of, I had to address the part of, I was so quick to assign blame to myself. And yeah. like, it was something a lot deeper with that. And I feel like so many people can relate to that for real, for real. Like, and, and that's, uh, again, tying back to my emotional unavailability, I feel like me understanding that I was valuable no matter what, even if I didn't have the most money in the relationship, even if I wasn't the most quote unquote successful, whatever it was, like, I had really had to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, Gina, you are inherently valuable, period. Like, you have to get that foundation together before you can start getting with anybody else, because otherwise you will be a people pleaser. You will be emotionally unavailable. You will start to, to align yourself with people that don't give you the best because you feel like you don't deserve the best. You know, I'm just, it, it took a lot, but I feel like a lot of people can um, can definitely, you know, understand where you're coming from on that, for real, for real. Because, <laughs> you know, I, just, I mean, I, I know so much about you, but I just feel like I learned a little bit more. So. Well, you know how it'd be with these outlets where right. we have these questions <laughs> that are designed to, to bring come. out some more. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. So we talked about the biggest lessons we learned. What were some things that you needed to unlearn while dating? Like, were there any? Yeah, I just leave it there. Um, I think a lot of what I had to unlearn, honestly, were societal standards. You know what I mean? Like society always tells you what a relationship should look like, how you should feel, blah, 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 blah. And I had to learn that a relationship is based on what you need as the individual and the couple. And once I kind of drew back into myself and less of what society expects of a relationship, I feel like that's when I started to have more success as well. So definitely unlearning a lot of society's standards on how um, romantic relationships should look especially so that's definitely one of them yeah so for me similar to 
how I had to learn that like being attractive and being compatible wasn't linear, that being like a good person and also wasn't linear, you know, like a lot of times we're taught to date to marry and we're, we're raised to, well, some of us, me was raised to be a conventionally like what is regarded as a good person, but good doesn't necessarily translate to success. And even like working on yourself doesn't necessarily translate to success in a relationship, whether you want it or not. It's not like, it doesn't guarantee, it just guarantees that you're a better person. That's it. That's it. And so another thing is really with my divorce, like I just learned that you know, like you don't always get the happy ending. Like the divorce statistics are there for a reason. Like we're not above, I'm not above being a statistic. Nobody is. And I feel like people who are looking to better themselves for a certain outcome aren't doing it for the right reasons. You know what I mean? Like focus on being a good person because you want to be a good person. You are not guaranteed anything for being a quote unquote better person or for elevating. You know what I mean? Like that's strictly for you. So right. 100% agree with that. And back to society standards, you know, like maybe that pipeline works. Maybe someone goes by that and maybe that works for them. Um, whether or not that's really them, you know, that's not up to me, but maybe it works. But when I realized it, like when I step back, I feel like we're all just imperfect people. And as improbable as healthy relationships are, for those who want to be in a long-term relationship with a partner, you're going to be imperfect people that continuously choose each other on good days and bad days. And part of choosing each other is choosing to stay in that. So if it's like, you know, on a beautiful night like this, where we're drinking and we're recording, great, but also on a night where it's not so sweet, we're going to talk through it. And even if we don't get through right away, we're going to, like, we might not get through it that night, but I'm going to choose you again tomorrow. And me, part of me choosing you is me being committed to, like, I don't know how we're going to work it out, but working it out like that's the ugly shit that you you got to reverse engineer when you're like figuring out like what do I want because in the very early stages I feel like it's easy to uh, I don't like this this is a red flag but is it really a red flag or you just don't want to do the work that's real I feel like people look at like committed relationships and marriages as this like goal like that's it and it's like no like you get married to do more of the work you get in committed relationships to do more of the work. It doesn't end with that. Like, this is a journey. You have to consistently choose. Like you said, you have to consistently choose that person and work through it. This is this is not what you see on Disney. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you married and you have the happily ever after. No, you're married and now you have a partnership and now you have to go through life together. And life is not peaches and cream, especially under capitalism. Like, there's going to be a lot of shit you're going to go through as a couple. Mm -hmm. Um and you need to know that it is a partnership. It is a lifestyle. It is a journey. There's ups and downs to it. And as long as both people are doing the work for themselves, you know, you can only have a good relationship when you come together, you know? 
um, it's not it's not roses all the time, sunshines and rainbows. No, it's works, continual work. It's funny you bring up like you know those long term ones because one of the most eye opening moments for me was after my divorce. My ex got this more than I did, but people came to me and was like, I'm so jealous. Mm. Like, what the fuck? This is the worst moment of my life. Like, this is the <laughs> worst time of my life. Like, I was leading the ministry at the time. I lost the ministry. I lost, you know, like, spouse. Like, I lost everything. How the fuck? But they said that because it was like, y'all had the bravery to leave, mm. you know? And that showed me that people don't have the bravery to leave the comfort of a bad situation. Mm, no, that's real. That's and, you know, we could get into, okay, what is, where do you draw the line between like a bad situation and then being committed to staying in a situation that it could be good? Because sometimes there is a light at the end of the tunnel. We're not gonna talk about that today. I don't, I don't even have an answer. <laughs> I mean, we could, but you know, I don't even have an answer for it for real, for real. Because I mean, there is a line, but is, you know what I mean. It was just eye opening for me to, to hear that because I, I guess it's me on the other side of this is like, why are you still doing this? Like, you have more control of your life than you're giving yourself credit for. But I guess not everybody looks at it that way. But yeah, other than that, and just like. You know, me, I talked about it earlier, so I won't go too much into it again, but just learning not to internalize and just kind of take a lesson for what it is. You know, sometimes it wasn't just me. Like, sometimes there is something that I can learn from, but sometimes mm -hmm. I can just be grateful that even if a situation hurts in that moment, that it was going to happen in the future, even if it didn't happen right now, because we just weren't compatible in that moment. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And sometimes people who are compatible and could work just aren't in that space, in that time to work. There might be somebody like there's like a month away from being emotionally available. <laughs> and then they might get with somebody that's like two months into their emotional unavailability, you know? And Maybe they could work like a year down the road after X amount of work or after, or maybe they could have worked like a few years before, before they got fucked up by the other person. But it's just so improbable for things to work out. And I don't think people realize that. And once I realized that it was like, okay, so if I find something that I think is worth it, then I'm going to fight for that because it's so improbable for it to work. There's so many reasons why I can't work. Mm -hmm. We talked about this last night, I feel like, mm -hmm. or a couple nights ago. Mm -hmm. Just the way the world works and timing and everything. And it's definitely hard to find um, that person that you can like work things out with. So when you do, it's like, try, try to work on that. Hold on to that. Especially if there's nothing toxic going on and you're just having a, a, a rough patch, so you say, or a rut, work through it. Mm -hmm. Work through it. It's worth, it's worth it to work through it and to have that communication and build something. And I feel like even with working through it, you build so much more intimacy in a relationship. But yeah, I, I agree with you on that for sure, babe. Another thing that I feel like I had, it just, it just came to me, but not only are there societal expectations, but there's like, 
maybe it comes from us or maybe it's from society, but like the embarrassment of being in the moment. I'm not going to make a cookie cutter statement, but, you know, some people are just private people and therefore they like their relationships to be private as they are. Mm -hmm. Some people are not private people, but feel the need because of society to make their relationship private. And they're kind of like stifling their happiness in a way. Let me tell you, I'm so glad you brought that up because I used to be that person. I used to be in relationships and it's like, you know what? I don't want to tell the world about this. I don't want to do, you know, I don't want to shout it out to the world because what if something happens? And it's like, this is life. Like life happens. Sometimes you get in relationships and things don't work out, but why not be in the moment? Why not embrace that? Why not feel the love? Why not feel that warmth? Embrace the happiness because life ebbs and flows like, you're going to be up one day, you're going to be down one day. You don't know what's what's going to come next. Enjoy it. Like, even with you, I can't even tell you the last time that I tweeted, like, openly about a man. I can't tell you the last time I've, I've <laughs> posted a picture about of a man. I've posted you. I've talked about you. I've made it a point to embrace the now. Like, I, I want all of that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, God forbid, like, I never want us to part ways, but God forbid if we did, like, at least I can say, like, I felt everything in the moment that I needed to feel. And I want right. more people to to feel that, understand that even if things don't work out, you are going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You're going to find somebody else. This is the way, you know, this is the way the world works. Just billions of people on this planet. You're going to find somebody else. Enjoy whatever you have going on right now. Enjoy it right now. Stay in that moment. If you want to post a picture, post a picture. If you want to tweet about that person, tweet about that person. Who cares if it works, if it doesn't work? Everybody's got a bunch of shit going on. I don't even care anyway. Just do you and enjoy it. Enjoy the moment. Right. Like, I think we can so easily assign, like, a permanence to something mm -hmm. and it's like just because this moment is over doesn't mean that it wasn't real at the time mm -hmm. you know like if i'm an nba player and i'm on a non-guaranteed contract but i'm on a team i post the pictures of my team i'm talking about practice but then i tear my achilles i'm out 12 months in a contract year i don't get re-signed I still played for that team. You still went through it. I was still at practice. I was still getting out the mud. I was still working with the strength and conditioning coach. I still know the plays because we went through them. I still watched film during that season. Nobody can take that away from me. At all. I think about that too. Like even, again, God forbid we ever split. There are moments that we've had together that I will cherish forever. Like, that, and that's not even me being like corny or, or exaggerating or anything. Like there are things that I've shared with you. There are things that I've felt with you. Like I know it's real. Yeah. 100%. Like, 100%. Even things that work out, I know that we, that we were genuine to each other. We com committed to each other, that we felt these things. So it's like, I get that. I used to be that type of person. Like, oh, it didn't work out. It wasn't real. Girl, please. This is what life is. That was real. It was all real. Everything right. with it was real. So. God forbid something happens, like you said, but. I have pictures of you up and I have tweets of you up on like Instagram and Twitter. And I'm not going to just take those down because it doesn't take away from that moment. You know, like I'm going to leave them up because it was part of, it was part of what I felt at the time. And it was real. You know, it's so funny. This is actually making me respect you more. I think, and you know, I don't want to even go into it on the podcast, but I think we had it. We had a conversation about, something that happened with you in your past. And I'm like, why do you still have this, this seven and third? And you, you explained to me like, this was a moment in my life. Like I experienced this. I 
had these noises. I love this person at one point in time. Just because you were here doesn't mean that that wasn't real. You got to get over whatever. Now, you didn't say I had to get over it, yeah, but yeah, yeah. you know, like we're adults. Like you know, this was this was in the past. You have to get past that. Um, I love I love this person at one point. I love you now, and you'll be the same exact person if it happens how that happened, and that's real. Mm-hmm. I respect that. It's respectable. I feel like people should move that way. Mm-hmm. Even in the same vein, like regardless of what happens, like what we're saying right now is real and like i'm never ever going to delete this episode like i'm not going to i would never for any reason just like take this episode down because this episode is right now and will always be in the future real to me so we're going to transition a little bit we talked about like our experiences with other people uh let's talk about us a little bit absolutely let's get into it what attracted you to me first? It's so funny. I feel like it's so ironic. I feel like what attracted me to you, honestly, was your podcast. Like, you were already a, a pretty witty person. I would see your tweets going on the timeline, and I'm like, oh, he, he's funny. Um, he's tweeting in a, in, a, in a certain style that nobody else tweets in, and that immediately caught my attention. But I feel like what really sent me there and made me extremely interested in you was your podcast. I feel like there was an episode with you and Derek and you guys were talking about like just growing up and, and growing into yourself and, and learning life. And that really um, gave me an opening into your life. And then I think on the episode, you had said something about going to therapy. <laughs> and I've always said that, you know, since like 2019 and all, I'm like, I'm only going to date people that have has either gone to therapy or they're in therapy because I feel like it's so important. And you talked about that. You talked about being in therapy and just having, you know, different perspectives and different contexts to get you through your life. And you could just hear the maturity in the episode. Like, I was like, this guy is mature. He, you know, he's been through some things. He, he's, you can see he's figuring it out. He has it figured out. And, you know, I was immediately attracted to that. And that's, that's definitely what got me here. <laughs> the podcast. So if you haven't heard episode one, <laughs> go back and feel me. Play that shit real quick. Shout out to my guy, Derek, because you indirectly brought me to this beautiful woman here you did Derek. shout out to you my guy (laughs) (laughs) no but yeah for me you know we we talked about it before we met on twitter and i don't really like be thirst following people and i typically am on top of making sure my latest tweets show first instead of like you know but (laughs) somebody that i follow had liked your picture and i was like god damn (laughs) (laughs) Let's just keep them 100. My selfies be on point. I mean, so look, I at, <laughs> look at the material. But <laughs> right, look at the material. Um, so I couldn't not. But then it turned out that, you know, you tweeted good too. Y'all, I don't know what I'd be tweeting about. I just, I love Twitter. It's all jokes for me, <laughs> to be honest with you. But so you have like this successful Twitter trinity of good tweets, good music, and good selfies. Mm-hmm. and I was attracted <laughs> to all three of them okay and so yeah it was like after the the pictures because like you you're not like every three days like you know what I mean oh, no, no. you and that's actually <laughs> I appreciate that like a woman that can be fine but not like how do I use the right word without like <laughs> right, I was gonna to say drag. I was gonna say like parading they're fine but just like 
You know what I mean? Like sprinkling to find out some. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so respect. I don't think you did it for me, obviously, but it worked on me. Um, yeah, just from following you, and then I mean, you have a good amount of followers, and then you followed me back right away, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. But you had you have a don't taste in music. And so like I found myself at a certain point, I would like, I was like, oh, there's something I should check out. And so I would like your music tweet. And then I would go check out the music and I would like the music. And then, you know, like it's one thing to be attracted to. When I say attracted, I mean like for you to have the preference with these artists, but then it's like the music is good too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was definitely a plus because on a music note, I don't vibe with like a ton of people, mm-hmm. especially at our age, because at our age, you kind of at our age and this time mm-hmm. you have to really work to look for music oh, instead absolutely. of what's like mm-hmm. kind of like fair to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely agree with that. I, I feel like I am always in search of music and trying to find what's dope. So if I find myself, I'm definitely going to share it. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing because we started liking each other's tweets. Right. <laughs> and now and then we started liking each other's pictures, right? And then, like, I'm a goofball when I tweet, too. And so mm-hmm. I still remember what, because we, we was in DMs for a second. I forget what got us there the first time, but it was about playlists. Yes. And you know what's so funny? In all of my Twitter years, and maybe somebody will clock me, I don't know. <laughs> but I have never hopped in any man's DMs first. But I definitely hopped in yours first, for sure. <laughs> I feel like we were doing this, you know, whole, like, you know, liking, liking tweets and talking about music, or whatever. And I don't know, I was just really interested. So I have in yours, and I think I asked something about music. And yeah, we just started a conversation. And it yeah. just felt organic after that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I did correctly at the time since that you were in a relationship. And so between you being in a relationship and you getting a lot of attention, I was like, I'm just going to continue to be who I am. And, you know, if that sticks, then cool. If not, that's also cool. Yeah. So we talked about music the first time and then you listen to your playlist and then you did not. And I was like, all right, I guess it's one of those. I'm, I I can like her pictures forever. That's fine. That's funny. <laughs> um, but then I don't know what your moment was, but our moment was the most obvious one where, what did I say? It was after Russell Wilson and Sierra had that article in GQ. Mm-hmm. And Russ was talking about how, you know, because he's a quarterback and they have to be good communicators. And how Sierra is a entertainer. And so, you know, like they tied that in with communicate somehow. And so me being who I am, you know, with Russ, I was like, well, shit, I ran in the church league tournament. I ran quarterback out the Wildcat back in 17 and 18. You feel me? We went to the championship and we won that thing. And I would just, that's just what I do. Yeah. And like some of my friends, they don't do this no more. Because I think I'm, I don't think I'm an asshole, but some of my friends would be like, why would you tweet that? Like, what do you, who you, who you think you're going to attract when you tweet that? And I'd be like, I wouldn't say this outright. Like, Fuck you, I'm going to tweet what I want. Like, whoever attracts <laughs> that was the person for me. And if whoever wasn't attracted, then, you know, you can mute or block me, though. Like, that's cool, too. 
I won't be offended. We still, I still got your number. Like, you know, I'm not going to. But so I tweeted that and you responded. I'm not going to say it verbatim, but you responded. You spoke to the Sierra Entertainer side. Yes. You, it was in a Broadway. It was a Broadway camp. Like I believe it was. I can't. I can't remember exactly what I said, but I yeah. I, I, I peeped it and I, I had to say something clever. So, and you said something not only clever, but what's that Andre Two Thousand and and John Legend song? Give me the green light. <laughs> That's what I thought it was. So I just it you was, know like it was a green light. And I, I was hoping you would take it that way, and you did. And I was like, let me did. go ahead and because I'm not. A, I'm not a. I'm, I'm not a cold contact guy. You're not and a cold so, contact guy. And the warm. email, went, I feel like that is a huge reason why we are where we are now. Because even when we, I mean, I think I had just gotten out of a relationship at that time. And I told myself, I was like, I'm not dating anybody. I don't care. You know, I had sworn off men and everything. But I feel like the conversation that we were starting to have in the DMs, it just felt organic. It was friendly. You know, we talked, we talked about music. We talked about whatever was going on at the time. I think the mm-hmm. pandemic was happening. We talked about, we might've said something about that at the time, but it just, it felt natural. It didn't feel like any type of pressure. And I'm so used to, you know, men immediately coming to the DMs and, you know, immediately going to places where I'm, I'm telling you my intentions and, you know, you got a man, blah, blah, blah. it wasn't any, like, it, it wasn't any of that with us. It just, felt good it felt natural and normal and it just progressed from there you know it was just us being ourselves just us being ourselves that's kind of what it's always been you know and it just worked and you know here we are (laughs) on a podcast right (laughs) i think that for me it was super helpful when i stopped internalizing things because you know i had to get to a point where it was like I'm going to be who I'm going to be and people are either going to rock with that or they're not like I'm, by me being who I want to be like I might be fine with somebody and then for like months and then the next day they're going to like boom and it's over mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but it wasn't because I wasn't being me that's for sure right and so I appreciate that in the act of being me like again that's not like something that guarantees positive reinforcement but with you, I feel like I can be all of that, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like that's how it's been the whole yeah, time. it has. I feel like we have our joke. We both have, you know, certain things about each other that we joke about. And it's just funny, but I, um, I love who you are. I love everything about you. So, yeah, well, I appreciate you being yourself. It works. It works for us. So what has been the biggest lesson that you learned since dating me? Oh, <laughs> What has been the biggest lesson? Um, that I can trust my instincts, that I don't have to rush into anything. What's going to be will be, and that I can rest and be myself. And the person that is meant for me is going to embrace it versus trying to change anything. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've learned. Truly, I feel like I've learned a lot, but you know, I don't want to get into too much of it because we'd be here all day. But I think that's that's definitely one of the biggest ones. What about you? For me, it was this is one thing I learned from being on dating apps and like dating women older than me. Because sometimes you do that and like they, they kind of do this like thing where it's like I've seen this already. Like you, you have like one characteristic about yourself. Like, oh, I dated someone like you already. You know, you always 
I'm like, the fuck? No, you didn't. <laughs> like, I'm me. But I kind of learned from that. Like, I didn't learn from it at the time. I was actually offended. But I drew from that because, like, on the other side of that, in experiences, you can think that, you know, like, I've done this work and I know how to love properly, mm-hmm. which can be true. But what I have learned from you is that me learning how to love isn't like me learning how to love Gia properly. Mm. I think it's the alchemist where the guy says to treat one thing like one thing. You know what I mean? Not like another. Like, sure, there are patterns, but you are you. Mm-hmm. And I have loved and I have treated properly but I haven't loved Gia before and I haven't treated Gia properly before. And so it was like an ongoing thing, you know, to learn. And it was something that used to like fuck me up at first because it would be like a thing where it's like when I box, you know, like I practice these things in, in pad work and then I spar and it would be like some, sometimes, you know, when I would do something that I thought was like the right thing to do mm-hmm. and it wasn't for you. Mm-hmm it would feel like, damn, I practiced this, you know, before and it's not working in sparring. Like what's wrong with me? You know, okay. it would be as if like I trained improperly, but it was really just a learning opportunity to be like, all right, this is what Gia requires, you know? And it comes back to like a choice. Okay. This is what Gia requires. All right. I choose to work towards that. Yeah. I feel like it's so interesting because we're still, you know, we're learning each other and we're learning how to love each other. And one of our strong points, I can say, is that we are really great at communicating. You know what I mean? But we don't necessarily love, you know, uh, naturally how the other person receives it. Mm-hmm. So like you said, I remember, I can't remember what, you know, exactly what the, um, I think we might have had an argument or something. I don't know. But you were just like, you know, we, we communicate well, but I just, you know, I'm still learning your love language. And I'm like, he is right. This is a this is a learning aspect. It's a learning lesson. We're learning each other. We're learning what each other needs. And just because you love someone one way, the other way, or how society says you should love someone, doesn't mean that that's gonna fit for that person that you're with. And I feel like that's one thing that we're learning and we're doing well with. And you know, it just it, it takes time. Um, but I appreciate you learning how I need to be or how I receive love and. I'm, I'm doing the same for you as well. Definitely. Especially you being a triple Virgo, y'all. This man is a triple Virgo. <laughs> hey, man, that's a HIPAA violation or something, isn't it? That's crazy. <laughs> I just need the world to know what I'm dealing with. You what know? you mean dealing with? Hold on. <laughs> it's been fun, though, I can't say. It's been, it's been interesting, but it's been fun. Dating a triple Virgo. Right, because we're perfect. <laughs> What you mean? Okay. <laughs> See, you uh, me, all right. You made me forget what I was gonna say because I was gonna piggyback on what you were gonna say before. That's that's also crazy that you made me forget. <laughs> but um, oh, I remember. So another thing though is on on top of figuring out that like it's also like a moving target. You know what I mean? Like if I were to become a doctor, yeah, I became a doctor, but I need these CEUs to remain a doctor so it's like even if i learn this thing you're learning too you're growing you're changing and so it was like a constant thing and i think that that's a thing that has traditionally been easy for me to overlook 
that mm -hmm. I've been trying to be more cognizant of. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we as humans are habitual, you know, like we we tend to love people how we receive love. And um, I don't know, like the love languages can, I feel like if you get too caught up in it, you could be trying to do things so perfectly and you, you'd be doing it forever in order to get to the next step. But I think it, you should kind of like, just focus more on how that person receives love and not so much on love languages and, and get out of the habitual routine of, of loving what you love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was there anything you had to learn with me in particular? Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I briefly spoke about it, you know, early in the podcast when I said that I am an anxious attachment type of person, where I I just anxiously attach, and that's because of my previous relationships. I I, I was used to dating. Um, emotionally unavailable men where things were great one day and then things were bad the next. And with you, it is healthy. It is consistent. And I have, I've had to realize like, you're not these other niggas. <laughs> like you, you just to be straight. Like you, 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 you are about your word, whatever you say, you mean it. And, um, I've had to unlearn the emotional roller coaster and, and, and realize that you are who you say you are. And, I can I can rest in that. I don't have to <laughs> be anxious about it or look over my shoulder and wonder like, hmm, how does he feel today? Like that's not the case here. Um, yeah, yeah, everything's good. Hmm. I think that I've had to unlearn what conflict looks like because, again, in my dating experiences, I have been used to sometimes there's conflict and sometimes there's nothing. Mm -hmm. But on the other side of that, it's been a thing where it's been kind of like one and done with people. Like this one thing happened. Mm. Oh, I, I, I'm not fuck with you no more, Daniel. Mm. And so there were a few times where like, even if we didn't get into it, like there have been a few times where we like, you we had know, some tough conversations. We've had some tough conversations, but it happened to me enough where I would just like, if I felt it coming, mm -hmm. I would start my escape plan. Mm. like mentally not that I was like trying to get out of it but mentally preparing yourself. mentally preparing myself to be discarded like not to put it that you know no, but, but, but to be discarded and so with you I've had to fight that but we have done this enough to where you know I now know that like the sun has set mm -hmm. and the sun will rise again and you'll still be here yeah you know I don't think we have anything where it's like that changed like my baseline view mm -hmm. of you. And for me, if I can still see a future and if my view of who you are as a baseline person hasn't changed, then like, okay, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's also hard for me to trust people because a lot of people just in my observation, you know, like I'm not gonna speak for like the whole population, but in my observation, a lot of people are only as good as their comfort zone or only as good as they're doing in life or, you know, whatever they get off on. That's the one. I almost, I'm not saying almost, I don't trust niggas who I haven't seen them. Like if they haven't had to get something out the mud emotionally or like physically, or whatever, because until somebody goes through this shit, I don't know who they are. You don't, you really don't. You know, like I haven't, been a hard time with you but even from just talking to you i have been able to i think 
sense that you have gone through enough and have learned through enough to where you have created a system for yourself to address and heal from what you have been through and what you will go through. Mm -hmm. And I trust your system. I have to say the same thing for you. And I feel like that's why we are able to have certain tough conversations where we're both like, okay, let's talk through this. Let's work through this. And we know that we're not going to discard each other. I, I feel like I know your baseline. I feel like I know your character. I see how you maneuver, not only in our relationship, but outside of it. You know what I mean? So I, it's, it's easier for me to have these conversations with you. We go through and we talk about them and it's done. We move forward. You know, it's that easy with you. I trust you. I trust your character. I trust your judgment. Um, and I feel like you can do the same for me. We've both been through a lot in relationships and I feel like we are both continuously doing the work to look internally and just do what we have to, to, um, you know, to build a healthy relationship. So it hasn't been one of those things like, oh, I don't trust this nigga, let me, mm-hmm. this is it. No, I've never, I have never, I've never felt that way about you. Not once, so. Good. Yeah. Okay. Love that for us. So. It's so funny because I brag about you all the time. Like, you can ask Ty, you can ask Tanisha, like, they talk, I, we talk about you, and I'm just like, yeah, like, I, Daniel is, is it, like, he's, he's that nigga, like, I can trust his character. You know what's crazy? I don't even have to, like, brag about you, because when I bring you around my friends, it's just like, I see it. I don't have to yeah. see shit, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, you know, it's so good for each other, you know, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Right, and right. Correct. <laughs> so what do you like most about dating me? Ooh, we could be here all night. <laughs> um, there is a ton that I like about you. Um, again, I feel like I've spoken about this on the podcast, but just your level of integrity in your character, just how you make decisions for yourself in our relationship and how you treat me. And even outside of me, I see how you treat your family. I see how you treat your friends. You know, I you're a manager, I see how you treat your team, like, how you do one thing is how you do everything, and you have a level of integrity that is, in my opinion, from what I've seen in my years of living, it's hard to come by, that's what I enjoy about dating you the most, and love about you so much, is like, I don't have to second guess anything about you, I know who you are, who you say you are is who you are, and that's just, so dope to me and special to me and yes yeah, what i love about you the most <laughs> like, it is so funny because you know that it's real when everybody says the same thing about you and again like we talked about what attracted me to you the most and it was your podcast like even your your episode with christine and and derek and rashawn like every, literally everybody that i have met has all they've all said the same thing about you all consistent across the board and it's real like before I even met you Christine was like raving about how you were one of her best friends one of the best people she's ever met and me getting to know you and dating you I'm like she's right Derek's right Rashawn's right everybody's right like you just care to date I said this when you asked me the other day but for me it's it's just that we just make a good team I'm saying that and it might sound simple but we're literally like a functioning team. Mm-hmm. We, our communication, like when I first met you, after like the month and change or whatever of texting and FaceTiming and stuff like that, 
I wasn't really surprised when I met you because we had just talked through everything pretty much. There were no surprises. And I'm not going to say like it's easy, but it is easy. Relationships are hard, but it's easy with you because we just have that thing. My friends before would sometimes they'd be like, nothing wrong with a person I would date. And they'd be like, I just want to spark. Like, what's a spark? Can you define a spark? I'm like, well, I don't know, man. I just, when I, when I feel it, I'll know it. And I just knew. And so a spark in and of itself isn't enough, but a spark with a person who was willing to work with you as a teammate and as a friend that we happen to be in love with, you know, is like we as English speaking people simplify the word love, but in Greek, it's at least four different things. You know, there's like the agape love, the unconditional. There's like the ludus, which is, if I pronounce it right, but it's like the lustful love. And there's like the phileo and there's like these familial loves. And we fall in and out of like different types of loves at the same time. But for us, I feel like we have done a good job of keeping like a healthy baseline of the loves that we need to work mm-hmm. absolutely i think we talked about it before we talked about like how does you know the feeling of being in love and in and just being with each other but I, I can say that it feels so i feel grounded with you like i feel a level of agape love friendship you know all those different things and it just feels good like i don't feel there's a roller coaster of emotion that just feels safe. It feels peaceful. It feels um, it feels very grounded. Um, I feel like we 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 encompass all of those loves. You know the definition of love. I feel like we have that friendship, romantic. You know everything. Yeah, I would agree. So we're gonna bring this home, and it can be something we talked about already or not but in your opinion what are like the overarching components you think are necessary for a successful relationship um i feel like one of the biggest ones we always say communication but that is seriously one of the biggest ones in my opinion being able to trust your partner and being able to trust them enough to have open dialogue about whatever it is that's going on in the relationship that is i feel like that's going to take very far um in a relationship um understanding that love is not always a feeling but it is an action and that you are willing to be in a committed relationship and love the person and choose that person that you're with it's like that's going to be another um aspect that's necessary for successful relationships um i don't know there's some other ones that i can't think about right now what about you you said a lot of what I probably would have said, but one of like the most basic things that I can think of, like it's simple to say, but hard to execution is you got to continue to like the nigga, you know, you like, really do have to like it's so easy. It. Yeah. Like in terms of communication going back to that, like you said, like we've watched a decent amount of like shows lately that involve relationships and like insecure recently with as of this recording recently with Lawrence and Condola's relationship and like stuff like that. It was like, man, what if they just communicated? Mm. And then in like love life with Marcus and Mia at the beginning, you know, mm-hmm. it was like, 
so much of this stuff could have been resolved and they just like talked but they went from like passive aggressive to like full-on conflict mm-hmm. um but yeah like because i feel like you can't you can't choose somebody if you don't really like them you know what i mean it's like yeah. to stay with somebody is a choice also but Sometimes it's like a passive choice where it's like we've been doing this too long or there's kids involved or, you know, whatever. I'm afraid to be alone. And sometimes it's an active choice. You know, you said love is an action. And so, like, you know, choosing to do what needs to be done to keep the relationship. And like sometimes you come to a point where like you no longer want to choose that. And, and that's OK. And that's OK. You can walk away with with your head high. Mm-hmm. Again, nobody can take away those moments that you have. Like those memories will be your memories forever, you know, but you got to choose. You got to choose. You got to like them. And again, a lot of what for me personally, a lot of what liking a person is about is about their character. Like, are you kind? You know, how do you treat people? How do you treat yourself? You know, how do you maneuver through this world? Like that matters to me and. You know, I liked you from the get-go, and I, I pray that I always like you. I don't foresee me not liking you. <laughs> you just I don't see a scenario you know, where we don't, like, like each other. Right, you know what I mean? Regardless right. of what happens, we'll always like, like each other. Yeah, absolutely. You are an, a, a very likable person. But, um, yeah, I agree. Well, <laughs> I'm all out of questions. Mm, I have any questions. I feel like I want to interview you now. <laughs> You don't gotta do that. But if you do have something, <laughs> we we hear, you know what I mean? Yeah. You got anything? Um the one thing I wanted to definitely talk about was we talked about communication. And I feel like people are so hell-bent on not communicating. So a lot of you know, even being on social media, so I talk I see a lot of people talk about sex, sexual relationships with people. And I see a lot of people say like, I'm, I wouldn't talk to somebody if we had sex for the first time and it wasn't great and I, I'm ghosting them. And to me, that's always so crazy because I feel like certain things such as sex can be improved. And I feel like when somebody is so quick to eliminate somebody or ghost that person um, or discard them or whatever you want to say immediately, I feel like that's very indicative of their lack of communication. Like, I feel like nobody wants to communicate anymore. It's so right. weird. Like, right. Again, I'm different. I'm different than most people. Not most people, but I'm different in the sense that if I've had sex with somebody or I had an intimate relationship with that person and I don't necessarily think it was the the quote unquote best, I feel like it's easy to communicate with that person. And I feel like, again, how you do one thing is how you do everything. If you communicate with that person and tell them what you do or don't like, I feel like that's going to trickle through on all of your relationships. And I feel like that's how you build good relationships with people versus just, you know, discarding that person. It's like, oh, it's somebody else on social media that I can get with. It's like, you can be doing that forever. Right. Like if everything is going well and you see a future with this person, but you didn't enjoy the sex and the sex can be approved with because communication. Sex can be approved. It's not like it's a character flaw. Correct. Like, yeah. And you choose not to talk through it and just dead it, then with love, you deserve to be alone. You like, to be alone. <laughs> like, and I feel like these people are alone, alone, and they're always asking, "How come I can't find anybody?" Or there's nobody, you know, there's nobody in this dating pool. It's like, yes, there is. If you sometimes you have to look at yourself and figure out what it is that you got going on. How come you can't 
find somebody that you enjoy that you you know are compatible with but can't work through it communicate through it these things can be improved through talking just have the conversation Mm -hmm. that's it one and done you're you're moving on you're improving why don't i don't understand people don't want to do that Uh, i just feel like people are chasing perfection and it truly doesn't exist no matter who you get with there's going to be something something right like i don't know if it's like tv or people didn't see their parents communicate growing up or just like bad examples growing up in general but there's no way around that if you want to be successful like there's no easy like if you if you see somebody at a, at the gym or like or an nba player like how did you do that like there's no formula you know what i mean like you have to do it like repeatedly but yeah, there's so much more we can talk about. And we might talk about it again, you know. This is my podcast, so I can talk about what I want to talk about. So <laughs> we might do this again sometime soon. But for this one, I think this is a good stopping point for us. And so we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. But I appreciate you being on my podcast. Finally, I appreciate you inviting me on. <laughs> of course, I had to. I wanted the time to be right, and the time was very right for, for this. So. It was perfect. And I think it was a good... Sorry, what you say? I said, I appreciate you inviting me on. For sure. This topic will never get old. And so I think that, like, we're not experts, but I think that there will be somebody that will listen to this that can maybe draw from our experiences. So um, I really enjoyed talking about it, but this is going to be it for us. You look too good to be in this house. So, <laughs> so yeah, we're going to get out of here. Love you all. Uh, follow me on at the water podcast on twitter and ig everyone have a beautiful day we out